Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. And welcome to Mother Angelica Answering the Call, where the truth is never on hold. I'm Doug Keck, here with our chaplain, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, as we listen to Mother Angelica take on some questions from her classic television programs, the one she hosted back in the 80s and the 90s. And always mm-hmm. great to be with you, Father. And always with you too, Doug. There's always something new that I discover in Mother Angelica's teachings. Like we were talking one time that sometimes you don't appreciate fully, you know, what you have when you have it. And we did love Mother, of course, but uh, we're treasuring her words even more now. Absolutely. And she seems in impression today as she, as she did when these were spoken uh, to her audience off the cuff, too, which is always amazing with Mother. <laughs> Great insights off the cuff. Our topics, you can overcome with the grace of God. We certainly hope so. Do you talk to God? Good question for all of us. Being a friend of Jesus and up first, something that's kind of tough, dealing with false accusations. Mm -hmm. Yes, and, uh, you know, there's a saying that I like that what others think of me is none of my business, (laughs) you know. And so there's a certain sense, well, okay, Maybe they don't, uh, you know, like exactly what I'm doing, but am I right with God? Am I at peace with God? And so that's the important thing is that we want to defend what is right, what is good, being a Catholic living today and supporting the faith. Not everyone's going to think that you're the cat's meow, you know, as they say. And comments on social media can be quite vicious, you know, sometimes. But what is important is, am I right with God? Am I at peace with God? I think that's a great insight, and, and especially in the world we live in today with social media, as you so rightly point out, Father, the idea that I think Mother talks here in saying, you know, you know who you are, Jesus knew who he was, mm-hmm. and you need to worry about what he thinks about you, not what yeah. these other people think about you. And so our Lord didn't respond. He knew what he had come to do. And we don't have to respond to every, you know, wild accusation that is made, but we do have a right to defend ourselves, you know, for the serious things. Like I was thinking of Cardinal Pell, that it was a scandal of the church, right? That was, he was being accused of falsely. And so he had to persevere in fighting that fight and being in prison for a time unjustly. But ultimately the truth came to the service, thanks be to God. And I think, as Mother said many times to many callers over the years, is, yes, we we need to turn the other cheek, as our Lord says, but it doesn't make us into doormats. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yes, we stand up for what was right, what is true. We don't return evil for evil, but rather we return a blessing instead, St. Paul tells us we are to do. And our Lord teaches how to be patient to endure what needs to be endured. Let's see what Mother has to say about dealing with false accusations. We got a call. Hello? Hi. I want to thank you and Jesus for EWT, and thank you so much. You're welcome. The question I have is, when Jesus was standing before Pontius Pilate, he humbled himself to the point where he didn't defend himself. Yes, he didn't defend himself. Okay. Does this mean that if we're to imitate Jesus, that we too should not defend ourselves if we are falsely accused? Well, I think it all depends. Uh, Our dear Lord never defended himself because he knew who he was. 
he had deliberately decided to give his life for us. I would say that most of the time when we're accused of something that we're not guilty of, it's a little thing. And who cares, you know? If that sometimes applies to our family or the good of our family, you may want to get counsel. But you know, that very thing you're talking about happened to St. Thomas More. St. Thomas More would not agree with the King of England. He would not agree that he should have an annulment from his marriage to Catherine. And he would not explain it to his family. Now his family signed the papers, but Thomas More wouldn't, and he would never explain why to his family, because he didn't want his family put in jeopardy. First place, he knew they would not understand. I think if your boss comes along and says, why did you steal five pens? Who cares, you know, you didn't steal them. Somebody else stole them. It does, it's not a weighty matter. But with Thomas More, it was very weighty. And it was very, very important that his family not know why. So they were not culpable. That's a difficult question to answer without knowing if you're accused of murder and you didn't do it, I think you owe it to explain why you didn't do it. That's why we have courts. That's why we have juries. So since I don't know, I think you need to pray. Okay. Because many times you should defend yourself. Let's go back a little bit before Pilate. When our dear Lord was in the, in the courtyard and um, he was being questioned by Herod. And um, this soldier trying to make himself look big and important before the king uh, slapped our Lord when he didn't answer. And you know what our Lord did? With his infinite love and mercy, he said, why did you slap me? Why did Jesus do that? See, why? Because he, <clears throat> he was trying, in his infinite love for the man who slapped him, he wanted him to understand what a terrible thing he did to the Son of God. He was trying to make him repentant. He's trying to say to him, why do you slap me? Why are you trying to make an impression on Herod? He was trying to awaken his conscience. So, so Jesus, at that time, and you remember what he said one time? He said, if someone slaps you on the one cheek, turn it. But then Jesus didn't turn it, did he? Huh? No, why? Because he was trying to awaken in the conscience of that man the injustice he did to the Son of God, which he would pay for in a big way. And secondly, to make him understand he should have never done that and to bring out repentance. So if you've been accused of something, first of all, it depends what you've been accused of. Uh, if you're accused of being a, a Catholic heretic because you're honest and, and you believe in the church's doctrines, hey, that's a compliment. <laughs> I get that all the time. I feel sorry for them. I don't care. When I face God, I'm going to do it all by myself. See? 
So I think that's a difficult, but I wanted to show you there are two different ways. See, the Lord did say one time, um, do not judge and you shall not be judged, right? Oh, then another time he said, by their fruit you know them, which is to judge. See? If somebody socks you in the eye and I see it, I can't say you didn't do it. That'd be a lie. I saw you do it. But I don't know why you did it. See, that's what Jesus was saying. Don't judge. Maybe you're a nutso or something. Maybe you're drunk. Maybe you're on drugs. I can't tell you why A socked B. But I cannot say I didn't see it, can I? I saw A socked B. Yeah, I did. Here I am. See, our Lord does not speak in contradictions. He speaks always the truth. So, I probably just confuse you. But if you're in that position, I would go to a holy priest. And he'll tell you exactly what to do. Moving ahead on the program, a caller wants to know how you can overcome with the grace of God. And Mother has some answers, doesn't she? It's an important question, obviously, for us today. And I think an important point is that we are not defined by our particular inclinations. We are human beings. We are children of God. We are men, uh, you know, sons or daughters of God. So a particular inclination is not our definition. Um, so we're not defined by those things, good or evil. But we must all, all overcome everything. As Mother said, we all have faults and weaknesses. We all have a sinner condition to fight against. And what we're all called to virtue and through that to grow in holiness. Right. And it's certainly today in, in talking about the transgender movement and, mm-hmm. the, and the homosexual movement out there where there seems to be this idea, well, this is how I feel about a situation. So it's perfectly fine for me to act on it in that way. Yes, and that's not going to lead you anywhere because it's only living in accord with God's plan and purposes and how we have been made, right, with XY chromosomes or XX chromosomes. That's who we are. That's our DNA. That's every cell of our bodies. And so fighting that is not the answer, but rather saying this is a gift from God to grow in holiness. Right, absolutely. And uh, and turn to confession and turn to prayer, and you can overcome with the grace of God. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Oh, how are you from? I'm from uh, Chicago. And what is your question? Well, Mother, I'm, um, I'm gay mm-hmm. and find it difficult to be uh, gay and Catholic. And um, I was just wondering if you have any suggestions of uh, what I should do. Well, when a person says, I am gay, which you just said, I, it's hard to understand what you mean. Does you mean you have the inclination? Well, you can certainly be a very wonderful Catholic and have the inclination. Now, if you say you're actively gay, it's impossible. Why? Because to be actively gay is to commit grave sin. See? It is to go against the law of God. And I wish I could put it better for you. I wish I could soften it. But see, I I really feel 
that there's something else. See, sexuality is only one part of us. And there's so much, I'll bet, there's so much you can give to God. And, and even though you have an inclination and even though it, you find it very difficult to overcome, you can with the grace of God. And you can become very holy. A lot, that's why it's so important that we have the Eucharist. The Eucharist is that power within us to help us all overcome our faults and weaknesses. We all have faults and weaknesses. Some are angry when they were born, they're born angry. We all have a sinner condition to fight with. But you can't, don't get discouraged, please. Pray more. Do things for people that are ill, that are lonely. Uh, read some good books by the Holy Fathers, by the spiritual writers. That's a weakness you can overcome. And, and, and no one, for example, if someone says, well, I like robbing banks. Well, <laughs> You say you can't be a Catholic and be a, a very happy bank robber. You see, I, I cannot say I love God and then I'm willing to offend God. So I will pray for you. I don't know your name. But there are many gays who watch this network. I know you do because you're unhappy with yourself. But you can overcome. You can become a great great saint because of the power of confession and the power of the Eucharist. Body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you shall not have what in you? Life. Life. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we are back for part two of Mother Angelica answering the call. I'm Doug Kecht along with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Our next topic, do you talk to God? Now, I know you do, Father. Well, yes, uh, that's part of my life, of course, and it's part of all of our lives, right? Thankfully, and that's one of the blessings of being a religious, is that we have the Blessed Sacrament in the very place where we live, and we have structured times of prayer. So even if I'm tired, <laughs> I'm called to pray, which is good for me, you know, to be, have that little oomph or push so that I can be with the Lord and uh, to hear him speak to me and to speak to him. Well, I think the great gift the church has, it has these formal prayers, which gives you the opportunity to be able to pray without having to think deeply necessarily. Mm -hmm. But other times, there's this great ability to just have a conversation yeah. or say to the Lord, listen, I'm tired, I'm worn out. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what should I be doing? What do I need to be doing in my life? Am I doing what you want me to be doing? 
And we need both of those to have a rich prayer life, really. Like Mother says, the rosary is a mini-scripture. So we're meditating on the Lord's life, and what did Mary do? She pondered these things in her heart. And so with her, we ponder these things of our Lord. And some light is given to us. I know in my own formal prayers, the divine office, often I'll get a certain insight about a question or something that I need to do. And the Lord gives us, he speaks to us in that way. Well, I can say this. I hope I have good ideas, but any ones I have gotten, I have to tell you, since I came down to EWTN, many times are during Mass or something mm-hmm. else like that where a concept will just kind of pop into yeah. your head. So you know, you, you certainly hope that that's the Holy Spirit who is inspiring that. And, and certainly for some of the programs, I think we have achieved that. Yes, please, God, that we continue to do that, to be men of prayer who are seeking God's will and to proclaim it. He's waiting. Do you talk to God? We have another call. Hello? Hello. Hi. Hello, Mother Angelica. Yeah. I love you very much. Thank you. I love you, too. Mother, you were saying tonight that you were uh, in France one time. Yeah. And you were talking about the girl that was raped. Mm -hmm. And you said God told you that the girl was raped. You really talk to God like I'm talking to you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. Don't you? You don't talk to God like that? You, you're gone. She wanted to be sure she heard right. Everybody talks to God like that, I think. See, prayer is, is not just praying something you already know, like the rosary. That's, that's awesome. It's wonderful. It's a mini-scripture. The rosary is a mini-scripture. It's the most beautiful prayer next to the Mass, Divine Office. But the Lord wants me and you to speak to Him heart to heart. Oh, He doesn't always answer me. And sometimes He says, no. And then I say, you really mean that? I mean, (laughs) I thought that was a pretty good thing. She says, "Uh, no. Okay. See, I've been in religious life how many years? 1944. All you mathematicians can figure that out. I like to talk to him because I don't always get the answer I want. But then the answer I get is always right. You say, oh, that's dangerous. Well, he gives the best answers. Especially if he says you shouldn't have done that. I talk to God like I talk to you. Oh, he doesn't always answer. He doesn't have to. And sometimes I don't know what he would like me to do. Then I wait, that's all. Neither do I (laughs) expect him to do what he's done. When we started this global network with $200 and no knowledge, I thought we were just going to build a little studio 
to make some tapes. Not in a million, million years did I ever think he would build this and more and more and more. I remember going to the Holy Father a few years ago with a, a beautiful booklet the vice presidents made on all of the footprints. That means where this satellite goes and where that satellite goes. And, and I said, and, and we're going to be in Africa. And then I turned the page and the Holy Father said, and then? <laughs> and I said, and then we'll be in South America. And he said, and then? And I said, then we'll be all over the East, Jerusalem and all those places. And he said, and then? <laughs> and I re he kept saying, and then, till I reached every continent. Patted me on the head. <laughs> Made a sign the cross on my forehead with the other hand. And at that moment, I felt I could have conquered the world. And I never forget, he kept saying, and then. And I knew that God wanted to do things I never even thought of. And sometimes, my friend, it's best if you just tell them what you, what's on your mind and then drop it. His providence rises before the dawn. Remember that. His providence rises before the dawn. And wrapping things up for this week, uh, topic, be a friend of Jesus. Sounds like a good bet. Yes, absolutely. And I love the poem of Francis Thompson that Mother quotes here. And I'd just like to read that last passage to expand it a bit of what uh, Mother quotes here from Francis Thompson. He was an opium addict, and he was really in the gutter. Someone knew of his talents, and he was recovered. And he talked about the Lord as a hound of heaven who never gave up on him, kept pursuing him. And it concludes with, All which I took from thee, I didst take not for thy harms, but just, just that thou mightst seek it in my arms, all which thy child's mistake fancies as lost, I have stored for thee at home. Rise, clasp my hand, and come. And so that's really what Mother was getting across here, is that when we lose something in this life, it's a pruning, as she says, right. that the Lord wants us to find it in him. Right. Uh, that's why the, you know, the, all the stories in the Gospels about the pruning and, and those kinds of things and realizing that's really what we do mm -hmm. actually spiritually undergo. And we really have to trust in God's providence that in everything, good and the sufferings that we have, he's present and he's helping us to grow through them. And I think the toughest thing for us in these, those situations is really to trust, right? Mm-hmm. Mother said that was one lesson he taught her her whole life long, was to trust him more as things grew and as her health declined, trust him more. One thing Mother was, a friend of Jesus. We have another call. Hello? Hello? Hi. Yes, I'm Angelica. I, 
First of all, I'd like to tell you that I'm, I am not a Catholic, but I have watched your program faithfully because of the comfort that the message that you bring has given me. I wish that um, you and the sisters would pray for me for the um, past three years. I've gone through some very tough times, losing my wife, losing my father, and now I'm probably going to lose my job very shortly. And to keep my faith going has been very, very difficult. I know. See, that is a pain of pruning, isn't it, huh? The Lord is pruning you. No matter what you lose or who you lose, never lose Jesus. See, that's important. You're hanging on. You're not going to lose your faith because we've got to pray for you. And the very thing that's hard is the very thing that's going to make your faith grow. Lord Jesus, I just ask that you bestow upon this man who has lost so much the grace and the gift of a deeper faith. He sees you, Lord. There's a poem that I'm thinking about right now by Francis Thompson. It's just a little sentence I want to talk to you about. He said, what I took from thee, I took not for your harm, but only that you seek it in my arms. So seek that comfort and be a friend of Jesus. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.